The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. The topic that um, we're continuing the discussion of, or continuing the reflection of, is the mindfulness of the body, as described in the Buddhist teaching on the Satipatthana Sutta. And um, since I'm teaching this daily life retreat this week, it in some ways feels appropriate that we're at this particular section. Um, last time we talked about uh, mindfulness of breathing and did a couple of things, uh, a couple of sessions on mindfulness of breathing. Um, but the next two sections in the sutta had to do more with postures and activities, daily activities. So it's, it's more, in some ways, applicable to engaging in our daily lives. These, these sections of the, of the mindfulness of body. So the, um, I'm going to actually grab the sutta. Convenient to have these sitting right here. <laughs> and just read, briefly read the sections. I'll read them each in turn. So um, the first one is about just being aware of the different bodily postures for basic postures that we have walking standing sitting lying down and the instructions are really simple when walking one understands i'm walking when standing one understands i'm standing when sitting one understands i'm sitting when lying down one understands i'm lying down and um, then there's the encouragement again to, we talked about the, um, the refrain and the various ways to explore or apply this um, both to ourselves and to others, you know, the internally and externally. So we can use this in our daily lives to observe our own bodies, but also to be aware of the bodies of others. As I talked about this um, a few weeks ago in exploring the internal and the external. Um, you know, if we're aware of our own bodies, this is, this is the body sitting, this is the body standing, this is the body walking. Um, it creates the mind, it creates a condition in the mind to um, be more attuned to that this is a bodily process at work, as opposed to um, I am walking, I am standing, um, you know, the, 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 it's, it's more, this is walking happening. I think though it does say one understands I am walking, but it's not meant to emphasize the I part of that, um, but more just that this is a process. This is the walking that's happening. And, and we, we, as we see that, as we actually land with that, well, this is walking happening. This is, this is sitting happening. Um, there's a way that our minds uh, relate to our experience in a slightly different way. We relate to it more from the perspective of a human being. This is, this is what human beings do. We can, we can be relating to it in that way. It's, it's rather than in, you know, I'm doing this in order to accomplish something or get something or to fix something or change something. This is a human being just walking. And we can explore that with others as well. So the, the kind of mind that comes into a different relationship with ourselves in observing our own 
bodily activities, then as that's applied to others, it might be that we, we have a, a different perspective on other people as well. We talked a little bit about selfing and othering when exploring the uh, internal and external piece. And uh, I think this kind of curiosity about, oh, there's, there's a body walking, you know, it, instead of there's another person, you know, it's like that the, it, it just starts to get underneath the usual relationships that we have to just simply be aware of the body doing these things. So this is a really simple um, a, a practice that we can explore. And, and, you know, again, it's just like when walking, one knows one's walking. It's not encouraging or not saying we have to have a lot of detail about knowing that. Just the knowing, kind of like in the, in the breathing. When breathing in, one knows one's breathing in. We don't have to dive in and know all the precise details. So we have this um, habit sometimes, especially as we learn about being mindful and learn about the ways to explore bodily sensations, things like that. And we'll get to that the next time, a little bit more about looking at the detail of bodily sensations. But as we just, um, as we get to familiar with that, we might think, well, when walking, I'm supposed to know all the changing sensations of pressure and movement and and um, hardness and softness and heat and coolness and um, the way it changes moment to moment. And this instruction is just like, no, no, you're walking when you're walking. Very ordinary level of awareness. And I think this is important for us. So to me, this is a big piece of what this particular section points to and the next section to some extent. Um, just the level of being aware of ordinary activities. Just aware of walking while you're walking. What happens as you do that? As your mind kind of lands in, in knowing that. Or now, you know, you're sitting. So just in a simple way, sit and know you're sitting. It's, it's actually more simple than, you know, we, we complicate things so much. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed to know I'm sitting? But just like, just know. You're sitting. It's so light. And in a way, it can be held, it can be known and understood while we're also aware that other things are going on. It's almost like I've talked a lot about in, uh, in this particular class. I've, I've used the analogy that Tanasaro Bhikkhu offers around uh, noticing a candle in the middle of the room. You could notice the candle directly aim and focus on the candle, or you can notice that the light of the candle lights up the whole room. In some ways, these very simple kinds of exercises, just know you're walking, breathing and know you're breathing. It's just that, that simple at the obvious ordinary level, know what's happening with the body. It's like it, you can, you can folk, try to focus on the walking or you can kind of recognize or, or be curious about the knowing that you're walking. And that kind of attunement to the knowing can then light up or help us to be aware of other things that are happening at the same time. Other things like what thoughts are happening and what emotions are happening and how, how am I feeling? Am I constricted? Am I at ease? So the, the knowing, the simple knowing, just at that ordinary level, can begin to kind of trickle into 
an awareness of just the more kind of general things that are happening at the same time, not by looking for them, but it's more like the awareness lights up things that maybe are obvious, just, just available. So it's very receptive. It can be very receptive. So I think, yeah, I'm walking and knowing I'm, I'm walking. And while I'm walking, I'm aware that seeing's happening. And while I'm walking, I'm aware that mind that's kind of a little bit wrapped up in this uh, story. And just keeping the attention at this very light, like uh, easy level. So another piece that can be um, highlighted perhaps with the exploration of the postures, and we often explore this more on retreat, but it is possible you can explore this too in daily life, um, is the moment or the kind of the awareness or the, the time when you shift from one posture to another. If you're exploring this really simple practice of knowing you're walking, knowing you're sitting, knowing you're standing, knowing you're lying down in a kind of a more ongoing, gentle way throughout the day, you might also start to notice when you're shifting, when you shift from one posture to another. So that moment when the shift happens, there is a, um, an action of mind that will motivate that. We don't simply stand up from sitting. We don't do that without some kind of mental impulse. There's an intention to stand that happens. And, and associated with that intention is a reason why we're standing. And so often those transitions, when we shift from one thing to another, in this very obvious way, I mean, we, can, we might think about looking at shifting from many, one, one activity to another in many ways, but these postural changes, they're kind of really large changes. And so when we shift from sitting to standing, there's a possibility to see you, you can know it's possible. And if you're, if you're kind of attuned to being aware while sitting, you know, tuned to knowing, oh, sitting's happening. Then you might also notice the moment in the mind where there's a kind of, a, oh, I need to do something. That thought arises or that um, done with my meal, I need to wash my dishes. There's a kind of a gathering of energy that comes together to motivate us to change the posture. So this exploration around intention, uh, that shift of, you know, the, the, the thing that makes a shift from one thing to the next, this is an exploration of um, that area of what motivates us. So the intention itself to shift, it's kind of neutral but it's accompanied by something else. It's accompanied by what I'll call a motivation. And the motivation might be kind of neutral, just, yeah, need to wash my dishes. It might be um, greed. It might be wanting to get up to get onto something more fun, or it might be aversion that um, I got all these things to do and I um, uh, have to get on with my day. And yeah, I got, it, it feels kind of heavy or something. So I better kind of, go into this, rush into this, kind of get it over with, kind of that, I've got this thing to do, I want to get to the next thing, but I got to do this. And so there's a little bit of aversion in the mind. 
Um, so it can be accompanied by greed, aversion, delusion. It can be accompanied by kind of wisdom or compassion or care. Also, some of these like really simple changes, it might not be so um, obvious what the motivation is, but if you're just aware of posture, you might begin to connect, connect with the intention and the reason that's associated with that intention. This is, uh, may seem like a, a kind of a small thing. Why do I need to know like I'm shifting from sitting to standing? You know, it's so often just simple things like I need to pee, you know, or whatever. It's just some simple little thing. Um, but as we start to get attuned to noticing this impulse, we'll see we can know we're going to act before we act. You can know you're going to stand before you stand. You can know that posture change is going to happen. And this is, this is a powerful understanding because when we start to see the intention, when we start to see that possibility of recognizing, oh, I'm going to do something before I do it, we can also in that moment sometimes see why, see the motivation and um, get a chance, maybe, not always, but maybe get a chance to uh, look at whether that motivation is helpful or not helpful. Now, there are going to be unhelpful motivations that arise for us. And, um, you know, I at one point was exploring this in walking practice. Um, I would come to the end of my walking path and I would be standing. So this is a postural thing. I'm standing. I'm noticing standing. And then I would notice that there was the motivation to turn, to move. And I would see with that motivation was usually some you know, with that intention to turn was some motivation that was usually based in aversion. <laughs> usually it was based in aversion. Like, okay, get on with this, or I'm tired of, tired of standing here. Or sometimes it was greed, you know, it's like, um, you know, what's it going to feel like to turn around? Or, you know, so, so there's, there, there's just, there was almost always, every time that intention arose, I was standing there just like, like kind of waiting for the intention to turn to arise. And pretty much every time that intention arose, it came up with some unskillful motivation. And so practicing with that, I was like, okay, well, I'll let that one pass. And I just kept standing there. And then another one arise, and it would be, you know, some aversion thing. You know, okay, well, I'll let that one pass. Another one arise, it would be boredom. So, okay, I'll let that one pass. <laughs> I was just standing there for quite a long time. And um, I, 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 I don't remember when that, thing, that whole thing stopped, but I did report this to my teacher. Saito Janaka, I reported this to my teacher. And, um, and he kind of laughed, you know. He said, when you get to the end of your walking path, note standing five times and then turn around. <laughs> and he, it's like that kind of just cut through it to me, you know. It's like, I was, I was kind of waiting to see an intention arise before turning. And he was suggesting I could consciously choose when to turn. And that kind of cut through, uh, made it more of a neutral kind of motivation. And so even though those, those unwholesome motivations maybe were still there, a little boredom, a little um, aversion, there was also the motivation of, okay, 
note standing five times and then turn, which is a much more neutral motivation. So there's going to be there's going to be unwholesome motivations, but sometimes maybe we can land in a more neutral motivation for the action or even a wholesome motivation for the action. So, you know, we might brush our teeth out of aversion to how our mouth feels, but it doesn't make sense not to brush our teeth just because we're experiencing aversion. It's also a compassionate action to take care of our bodies. So maybe you can notice that aversion of, oh, I don't like the way my mouth feels and recognize, and it's also a compassionate thing. It's a helpful thing to do this. And maybe you can land a little more in the motivation that's connected with either something neutral or more wholesome. So this exploration around bodily postures can uh, really help us to, uh, well, first of all, I think it's that it's a really interesting place around having a light touch of awareness with just a really simple activity. Sometimes, um, you know, that just like, okay, yeah, I know I'm, I'm sitting. Yeah, I know I'm sitting. Just like holding on to that with the lightest of touch, allowing that knowing to inform being aware of other things, just what's obvious. I sometimes think about um, the lightness of that being like um, if you have a helium balloon with a string attached, you know, the amount of pressure you have to have to hold a string to keep the helium balloon from floating away. It's not a lot, you know, it can just be the lightest of touch. So you don't have to get, your hand doesn't have to get all achy and tired holding onto that string. It's just like, yeah, I can just hold on to it. But you have to keep remembering to hold on to it. Because if you don't keep that intention going, the fingers will separate and the balloon will float away. So it's that, it's that light touch of just kind of staying connected to a very simple thing that then can allow a, a more um, steadiness of the mindfulness to start to reveal or uh, make available the awareness of other things, like the intention, like the motivation, like emotions and moods that are happening, like thoughts that are going on in the mind. And so I, I think the section on mindfulness of body you know, it is, it's pointing to bodily experience, but I don't think we have to think about pushing away or excluding other parts of our experience while we're aiming at this. We can think about it as being connection with the awareness of body that lets us become aware of more of what's happening in, in the entirety of our experience. And then the next section is, um, I'll just spend a little bit of time with this one. It's very similar in some ways, only it's a little more detailed um, about different activities that we might have while being aware of different activities. So um, this section is called full awareness or clear comprehension. And it describes a whole bunch of activities and just being fully aware while engaged in these activities. Act in full awareness when going forward and returning. One acts in full awareness when looking ahead and looking away. One acts in full awareness when flexing and extending one's limbs. 
one acts in full awareness while wearing one's robes or one, one's clothes, <laughs> while uh, carrying the outer robe and bowl. So this is particularly for monastics, but we could say while, while wearing our clothes and preparing our meals, one acts in full awareness when eating, drinking, consuming food and tasting. One acts in full awareness when defecating and urinating. One acts in full awareness when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking and keeping silent. So again, it's a, it's a wide range of activities and some really, you know, what we might think of as profane activities, you know. Where is the spirituality and going to the bathroom? Well, the Buddha brings it in. It's like, yeah, be aware while this is happening. This is not outside the realm of what we attend to, everything. So to me, this is pointing to everything we do. You know, it's some, during the day, we're always doing one of these things. We're always sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, or transitioning between them. We're always either um, reaching or bending our arms. We're always um, either talking or remaining silent. <laughs> One of those two is happening. Um, so, you know, that's just throughout our day. It's in a way, I think that the Buddha is pointing to, you know, keep it kind of simple. Again, you know, it's, he's, he's highlighting particular areas of experience. So he, he's, um, you know, he's not including the, 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 the content of the tasks we're doing. So what we're reaching and bending for, He's not including where we're going and where we're returning from, but just that we're going, that we're returning, that we're reaching, that we're bending. So it's, it's kind of like keeping it simple, but it is a contextual thing. We reach and bend for a reason. We come and go for a reason. And so I think that too is, is kind of highlighted here in the, the being aware, in being fully aware while extending and bending one's limbs, you are also aware of why you're doing that. The context, the motivation, the reason, and perhaps aware, again, of, the, of whether it's skillful or not. The, the term that's used here, full awareness, a clear comprehension, another translation for that word. Um, I think I talked about this in this class some weeks ago, this term. So I will not do a full uh, explanation or uh, evaluation of that word. But it, um, it's got the kind of context, it's got several flavors to it in places, other places where it's used in the suttas. It, um, it has the context or flavor of being consciously aware of what's happening performing volitional activity and knowing that you're performing the volitional activity. Deliberate, there's a deliberateness to knowing the knowing. So there's one place in the suttas that uses this word um, when the Buddha is talking to his son at one point. Uh, he gives him a, a teaching about um, reflecting on our experience. And that begins this son is like seven years old at the time and it begins probably he's been, you know, the son has been called to his father uh, because he has lied because this is the first piece of the, of the sutta is the Buddha asks him to 
reflect on lying and whether it's a good thing or not and how you know what what it does to the mind when you lie and he uses this phrase of clearly knowing fully aware that you're lying when one lies fully aware that one's lying this is not helpful so this this term clear comprehension itself is kind of a neutral term we can be fully aware while doing unhelpful things. And so it's not that just being fully aware is, is a good thing in, in and of its own right. We need to understand something of the context of, so is, are we being fully aware while lying? So kind of like I sometimes talk about the, the, um, uh, the mindfulness or the awareness of a thief that might be, very clearly aware while going through a house to steal things. That motivation, the reason that behind that, the deliberateness behind that is not motivated by being aware of what it's like to be walking or standing or sitting or reaching or bending. That's not the motivation. The motivation is to get something, to steal something. And so there's a deliberateness perhaps to knowing what's happening but it's not a wholesome deliberateness. And so this is another uh, piece to be conscious of, to be cognizant of, that as we engage with knowing what we're doing deliberately, is it wholesome or is it not wholesome? So this is kind of a point of understanding the context. Is it a skillful, skillful context or an unskillful context? And then there's another um, kind of definition of clear comprehension that's a subtler uh, definition. It says that when one is clearly comprehending, one understands feelings, thoughts, and perceptions as they arise, persist, and pass away. So this is a pretty subtle kind of awareness. So we could think of their full awareness in the the wholesome sense as being kind of fully aware while we're doing these things of not only the context in which we're doing them, but our relationship to that, those feelings and emotions and relationships that are arising while we're doing, doing them. So feelings, thoughts, and perceptions are understood as they arise, persist, and pass away. That, that kind of is a, is a way to understand what full awareness is. And so we could replace the word full awareness in this, in this paragraph with that elaboration. One understands feeling thoughts and perceptions as they arise, persist, and pass away when going forward and returning. One understands feelings, thoughts, and perceptions as they arise, persist, and pass away while looking ahead and looking away. Now this starts to get much more um, uh, refined. You know, the the first section on on just knowing postures is really simple. It's just like, know you're walking, know you're standing, know you're sitting. And, um, and, And this one brings in a little bit more know why you're doing it, know what's happening when you're doing it. And so to me, the, the use of full awareness here makes this particular 
encouragement to be aware of our daily activities imbued not just with with awareness of body but body and mind happening together and yet body and mind doing their thing doing their ordinary things so starting again with the awareness of the ordinary activities and letting the awareness kind of reveal the uh the subtler perceptions and thoughts and feelings that are happening at the same time. So that's probably enough on those two. Um, I think um, it can be a really useful practice to keep our daily life exploration kind of simple. And we can, we can use these as kind of groundings to help support us to stay present. You know, maybe just using an intention. I, I sometimes in daily life retreats um, encourage people to pick something to kind of orient around. Like, you know, I'll suggest, you know, pick something you do regularly throughout your day, like going through doorways or, um, you know, picking something up or, um, opening, you know, opening a door, something, you know, so something that you do regularly throughout your day and just set the intention to be aware of it. So we could kind of do that with, with walking, for instance, can I be aware when I'm walking? Can I be aware when I'm walking? And, and then just see what happens as you keep that intention. You know, it's like, um, it's not so much about trying to drag the mindfulness with us while we're walking but to um, keep setting that intention. You might just each day connect with, well, maybe I can be more aware while I'm walking. And then you might begin to wake up in the walking. The, the, the setting of the intention does have an effect. It's got a conditioning effect on the mind. It's not, it's not an immediate effect. I've seen, at least when I've done things like this, I, I, I need to keep reminding myself need to keep reminding myself, yeah, I'm going to try to be aware while I'm walking. And, um, and what that has, the effect that that has is that over time, more and more, the mind kind of orients to becoming aware of that. But that reminding can't be done with a flag self-flagellation, like you're beating yourself up or judging yourself. It's much more of like, oh, you know, I, I forgot to notice I was walking a whole bunch today. I'm just going to keep trying. You know, I'm just going to try again, you know. And that moment when you notice that you haven't noticed, that's actually part of how it begins. Part of how, you know, it's like the the mindfulness has arisen in that moment in connection to thinking about walking. Like, oh, I've been forgetting to be aware of walking. And so that, just in that moment, what are you aware of? Well, maybe you're not walking, but notice that you're standing or notice that you're sitting in a simple way. And then just keep going, you know, just... In daily life, I often say, don't try to hold on to the mindfulness, but keep connecting to that intention. Whenever you notice you haven't been aware, notice what's here, notice the arising of that awareness, and re- 